This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Ingress. Of all the new initiatives introduced in recent years by Racing New South Wales, none have been more widely acclaimed than the weekly Tab Highway races. Introduced four years ago, the Tab Highways have proven to be a tremendous stimulus for country racing stables as new owners constantly look for the right horses to bring to town. At first, trainers like Matt Dunn, Danny Williams and Terry Robinson dominated the highways, but nowadays the results prove that many and varied stables have learned to identify the kind of horse they need to travel down the highway. $75,000 in prize money and an assortment of race distances are making these races highly competitive and stimulating healthy betting trends. The Tab Highways are a big part of the new world of Sydney racing. There's nothing more frustrating for a jockey than to have a winning run interrupted by injury. It happened to Victoria's Jamie Mott at Cranbourn about five weeks ago, following a hot streak which had seen him ride 13 winners in less than a month. In fact, on the night of the fall, he'd ridden a winner and two seconds earlier on the program. Jamie was involved in a four-horse pile-up from the Shea Eden-trained Alsvin, a split second after he'd switched three wide from the one-out, one-back position and Jamie believes the horse outside the leader must have swung the off foreleg out because he's adamant that Alsvin caught that horse's front foot and fell instantly. It wasn't until Jamie tried to stand up that he realised his right leg was broken. Jason Maskeel, John Allen and Dylan Dunn were all brought down but escaped injury, as did the four horses involved. Jamie Mott was the only casualty, and he did a thorough job on himself. He suffered extensive fractures to the tibia and fibula of the right leg, but it was some time later before doctors also discovered a small fracture to the left fibula, and that second break meant that he was confined to a wheelchair rather than crutches in the early stages of recovery. This remarkably versatile horseman has a career tally of 1,145 winners, including 14 over the jumps, one of which was the Australian hurdle on Archfire. Jamie has put his disappointment and frustration aside to talk to us on the podcast. Jamie, it's lovely to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, great, great to be on it, John, and um, yeah, thanks for having me. Jamie, it happens to most jockeys but in your case, the timing was lousy because you were absolutely flying. Yeah, exactly right. Things are going really well. And just, uh, I suppose, getting getting a really good bit of momentum, especially um, in, in, in the city city tracks. And, um, yeah, to have, it, to have it all sort of um, brought to a complete stop is very frustrating. Mm. You know, clipping a horse's heels from behind happens every day. But it's very, very rare that you'll catch a front foot. That was a freaky accident. Yeah, bizarre. I've never seen it. Um, I've never done it. I've done it before, or, or even seen it. Um, yeah, no, as you said, normally you get heels uh, from behind the horse, and and you can actually get heels 
three or four times in a race and 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 not fall. But mm-hmm. yeah, somehow I I managed to get the the horse inside me and um and yeah, my horse it dropped um dropped from underneath me and and then yeah, three went over me. Mm-hmm. Orthopedic surgeons uh, made up their mind pretty quickly, didn't they? That you needed a rod in the right leg. Yeah, definitely. So, so basically, the uh, the the tibia was was smashed in three big chunks, oh. and the fibula, fibula was broken as well, and it was also broken down into the ankle. So, mm. it wasn't just the tibia; fibula was the ankle as well. Mm. Um, and I think the the best uh, yeah the best thing that they could come up with was the the, having the rod inserted and uh, and and cast for up to six weeks, which has been six weeks now. So mm. I'm hoping uh, when I go in on Monday, I might be able to get out of the cast and get something a bit more comfortable on. In the hot weather over Christmas. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the leg's been doing a bit of sweating for sure. Mm. Now, Jane, the smaller fracture in the other ankle is more of a nuisance than anything, isn't it? It is, it is yeah, it is, especially because I'm off. I can't wait there at all the the right leg. So, if it was only just the left the left fracture, I'd be fine. Um, I'd be able to get around and and things would be a bit more easier for me. But because I can't wait there the right leg, um, and then also having the the left one out of action, I'm I'm forced in a wheelchair for I'm not sure how long yet. But um, mm. yeah, that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. You've had about eight thousand race rides in fifteen years. And up until this one, you've been fairly lucky, although there was yeah. one ripper at Ararat, wasn't there, some years ago? Yeah, definitely. I've uh, I've had I've had a fair few falls, but no no real major injuries. I've done a, a fractured heel, a collarbone, but um, I mean they're they're pretty pretty quick to heal, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't out of the saddle that long at all. But yeah, I had one at uh, Ararat. I was in the I was following Christine Paul's. She was in the box seat, and mm. I could just see as we were getting to the corner, she was thinking about taking a run in between the leader and the horse well, outside the leader. Mm. And I remember thinking to myself, "Don't, don't go there, don't go there." And then all of a sudden, she was underneath me, and mm. yeah, my horse fell. And then um, I had Carolyn Mason; she was sort of tailed off at, at that stage, and she thought she'd save a bit of ground and cut back to the fence. And as she did, we were we were both sort of tumbling on the ground, and she went over the both of us, and. Mm. I jumped to my feet and um, luckily enough, it wasn't hurt at all, but the two girls were both unconscious on the ground and, yeah, it was very frightening. Mm. Now, what happened at Pakenham one day on one of John Sadler's? That was a freaky accident. Yeah, so uh, it was one of John McArdle's, actually. I had, oh, was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, John McArdle. And um, he, after the race, he, I, I went to ease him up and he just didn't want to stop. Mm. So I just let him roll on, and we got down to the crossing, which um, they normally have grass clippings over it, so the horses don't get scared and, and shy or anything like that. And this day they didn't have too many over it, so it was quite it was quite sort of um, quite daunting on the horses when you're coming up to it. And mine hit the brakes, and I uh, I sort of tried to stay on him but couldn't, and then I got tangled up in the reins, and I was upside down with the reins. Uh, wrapped around my arm, and I had Stephen Bastard beside me going out, let it go, and I screamed out, I can't let it go, I'm, I'm bloody hooked up. Yeah. And uh, and that's how I fractured my heel. I must have got kicked or landed on it or something, but, um, mm. yeah, there was blood pissing out of my arm, and it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a very nice one. <laughs> you know, not all jockeys come from a racing background, but in your case, 
the genetics were powerful. Your dad, Darrell, rode many winners around Victoria. Your grandfather, Des, was a jumps jockey many years ago. And your paternal grandmother, Janet, was a very successful trainer in Geelong. You had no hope. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was born into it. And um, my auntie actually rode, rode for quite a few years as well. And she's mm. she's currently got one horse back in training. She's got a trainer's license. So um, it actually ran second yesterday at Colac. So it looks oh, like good. it's uh, not knocking on the door for a win. So mm. good to see she's back in the game. Well, when you get back, there'll be a ride there from Artie, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be nice, um, nice to get a winner for, for the family for sure. But um, yeah, born in, born into the game, and um, it wasn't until I suppose I, I thought maybe a, a way out of school would be to, to sort of follow in the racing, the racing footsteps of my father, and um, definitely got me out of school anyway. And <laughs> I really started to really started to love the game, and I was probably twelve or thirteen at that stage. And um, I finished school in year nine and um, started my apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. Started with Nan. Yeah, well, you, started you, with Nan. You learned the ropes for, at Nana's place, didn't you? Mucking the boxes and all the lousy jobs. Yeah, and uh, she used to, she used to sit in the coffee room and tell me great stories all the time, and. Um, <laughs> My dad and, and, and my auntie were both um, both working for at that stage, and um, my dad was always very protective mm. of me, which which horses he put me on, and uh, he wouldn't really want to put me on many of them, to be honest with you. Mm. I, I don't know if he thought, if, I don't know if he's protecting me or he just wanted to protect the horses, but um, <laughs> Donna, Donna was the one who threw me in the deep end, and she'd chuck me on anything, and um, yeah. Definitely, you sort of you learn how to how to ride quickly when you're getting bucked off and bouldered on all the time. Mm-hmm. Mum and Dad still live in Geelong. Yeah, they're still in Geelong, and um, I've got a sister who's in Hong Kong, uh, school teacher at the moment, and my little brother who's just turned eighteen. He's just finished school. Mm, that's Matt. Yeah, Matty. Yeah, he's just yeah. finished school. So, um, and Samantha. Samantha's in Hong Kong. She's twenty nine, I think. Yeah, she's a couple of years younger than me, and she's uh, she's been teaching for about five or six years, and really enjoying it. And moved over there for a couple of years for a bit of experience, and she seems to be loving it. In two thousand and one, you transferred to Leon Corstens. You had about a, a year with Leon, riding plenty of track work, and there was one really good horse that you got to ride work uh, at that point in time, Helenus. Finished up winning about yeah. two million dollars, didn't he? He did, and uh, uh, it was a it was a great experience working for Leon and uh, his son Troy and and Kevin were both both working there at the time. And um, yeah, as you said, lucky enough to ride a horse called Helenus, who was um, champion three year old of the year, and mm. he's a very special horse and very lucky at such a young age to be able to. Bring a leg over him, just track work, but um, yeah, it's still really nice to be able to ride a horse like him. Yeah, he could be a bit quirky, couldn't he, Jamie? Yeah, he wasn't the easiest to deal with. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't. Um, he wasn't dangerous or anything like that. He was just. He'd walk out under the track and he'd just stand still and wouldn't go. And sometimes you'd have to wait five minutes before he'd decide that it was mm. time to go. And also had a few few problems with him going into the mounting yard as well. He, he'd just mm. stop and. Just refused to go, but um, yeah, he had a great career. Mm, sure did. He won a Caulfield Guineas. He won a Victoria Derby. 
and he won a Rose Hill Guineas in Sydney. Now, you went back to Geelong and you linked up with Nana again, with Janet, and this is when you got your ticket to ride in races. Yeah, so the the 12 months I spent with Leon was great experience and um, obviously got to gallop some really nice horses and then it was time to move back and got my ticket and kicked off my uh, riding career and had my first winner at my eighth ride for my grandmother, um, mm. Toy Machine it was called, yeah. at Colac. Yeah, but what about the one before Toy Machine? You've got to tell me about this one. It was your very first ride in a race and it was memorable for the wrong reason. Leon <laughs> Corstens put you on a horse called Yuma Force at Cranbourne. You ran fourth, but you tell me you absolutely slaughtered him. Yeah, I'm trying to forget that one, John, but uh, it should have pissed him. I, uh, <laughs> I remember I had my dad there. He ended up uh, he ended up strapping the horse just to, I suppose, make sure I was calm and wasn't too nervous and too worried, but... Um, they told me just to ride the horse quiet, let it let it find its feet, and um, I probably got itchy fingers probably a little bit too early, probably at the 500 at Cranbourne there, and mm. I uh, I started to feel for for Force and um, picked up really well, but I forgot to, I forgot to keep turning it and ended up on the outside fence, and <laughs> it really it really flashed home, and it was an eye catcher. Was only beating a length, beating a length or something, but uh, definitely give away probably ten lengths by not not cornering at all. Yeah, so suffice to say, it was a good thing beaten. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, <laughs> I think it started at dollar thirty at the next start. I wasn't on it. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were sixteen when Nana arranged for you to go to Danny O'Brien on loan for three months. It was a while before Danny gave you a race ride, though. Yeah, so I went on loan for three months, and I reckon it was it could have been almost the three months up before I had a ride for him. So at the time, I was actually thinking, don't know what I'm don't know what I'm doing here, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, eventually he gave me a ride, and I rode the horse really well. It ran fourth, and he must have been happy enough with me, and started to really give me a chance, and uh, we 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 started to have a really good run there for a while. Mm. I'll tell you one nice race you won for Danny O'Brien. It was uh, an Apprentice's Rising Stars series on a mare called Rain de Soir. You won the final. Yeah, it was it was a really special win, and more so because I was, I think I rode the horse, it could have been 50, 54 kilos, and I think mm. I'd just been suspended, suspended uh, leading up to it. Mm. So my weight was terrible, and... It could have been five kilos I lost for the ride, so um, to win to win the yeah the final was really special. Yeah, Jamie, you were seventeen and a half years old when you got that suspension, and up till then your weight had been fairly manageable. But something went really uh, off course uh, during that period of time. Your metabolism went berserk. Your weight went to sixty-two kilos in about a fortnight. Yeah, I think I must have had a growth spurt um, at that time with with probably but not not wasting and and eating eating probably not like a normal person as you do when you when you're suspended. So my body obviously really grabbed hold of it, and I had a growth spurt. And yeah, as you said, I was sixty two kilos, and I still had a two kilo claim in town. So mm. things weren't looking great at that time. You gave it away then. Yeah, I ended up, uh, I just thought it would be too hard 
too hard with the weight, especially having to claim two kilos off the horses. So I ended up uh, finishing up and quit my apprenticeship at the age of 17 and, uh, and yeah, ended up moving back down to, to mum and dad's and mm. just rode work for, for a bit of money and, and uh, I was playing golf every day, which I was really enjoying at the time. But, yeah, yeah it, uh, it, it definitely really got a hold of me the weight for sure. Yeah, well, you, you worked at it and uh, before you knew it, you were keen to get back again. You, you made a move to Cranbourn, which was really developing as a training centre at that time. There were a million horses and a million trainers. So you started riding work at Cranbourn, but one day a week you duck into Flemington to ride work for Danny O'Brien. Yeah, so basically I, uh, I got sick of just riding work and I thought, what am I going to do with myself? So jumped on the scales and the weight wasn't, uh, too extreme, so I thought it's probably not the silliest idea to have another go at it. And moved to Cranbourne, as you said, and um, yeah, I, I I got my weight really good and got really fit, and was riding a lot of work and ducking down to Flemington to Danny O'Brien's, and I actually got down to riding 55 kilos, which I was really surprised about. And mm. I come back as a I come back as a senior rider at that stage, so I. I I probably should have come back as a as an apprentice because all the other apprentices in, in my in my sort of class at that stage were were still apprentices claiming and and I was riding against them as a fully fledged senior so mm. probably made it a little bit hard for myself at that time. Jane, we'll just pause for a moment to clear a commitment on the podcast, and we'll be back with you very quickly. The catalogue for the 2020 Classic Yearling Sale is now available. In total, 808 yearlings have been catalogued over three days, 613 in Book 1, 195 in the Highway Session. Book 1 will take place on Sunday, February the 9th, Monday the 10th and the morning of the 11th with the Highway Session beginning as soon as Book 1 is completed. The Classic Sale has produced eight Group 1 winners since 2018, including four Group 1 winning two-year-olds or three-year-olds in Sydney and Melbourne. Of the 808 lots catalogued, 734 are Bob's eligible. To request a catalogue, email catalogue at inglis.com.au or call 9399-7999. Catalogues are also available for the Inglis Premier Sale in Melbourne, March the 1st to March the 3rd. The 2020 Inglis Yearling Sale Round is about to begin. Talking to Victorian jockey Jamie Mott, who's currently nursing two broken legs. Ten years ago, James, you hit a major hurdle when you returned a positive reading to a random jockey's room drug test. And I know you don't mind talking about this. You were absolutely devastated when you copped six months. Yeah, it was. It was obviously not a, not a, probably a good part, of, good time of my life. But um, everyone goes through through ups and downs in their life, and it was definitely one of the lowest parts of, of my riding career for sure. And um, things were going really good at the time, and um, yeah, to have six months out was was a was a big shock to me, and um, really put put my career on hold. Yeah, so I ended up four months it was with. Uh, we're doing counselling and 
probably just made me really keen to get back and mm. and, and knuckle down. But you worked at your weight too during that period. Yeah, correct. I I got really fit and uh, my my weight was probably as good as it ever had ever been. So um, was really keen to get back. And uh, the, I think the first month I was back, I I rode up to twenty six winners for the month. So oh, it was an absolute was amazing standing month. Oh, you did come back with a bang, and it was 26 winners in just over a month. Yeah, it was fantastic, and, uh, yeah, things are going great. Now, James, unfortunately, it happened again. You failed another drug test, but this time you may not have been thinking as clearly as you should have been because you suffered three knocks to the head in the space of a week. I think one of them was a race fall, was it, at Seymour? Yeah, so it was a Tuesday Seymour. I had a race fall for a, for a winner for Darren Weir and the horse sort of ducked out after the winning post and then I straightened him up and then he ducked out again and jumped the outside fence and ended up in the car park and I landed straight on my head. Oh. And then I had a I had a track work fall on a Thursday, which uh, I, was, I think it was on one of Matty Allerton's horses. On the on the grass there, and he did the same thing. He went straight out the outside fence and landed on my head again. And then mm. on the Saturday night, so I was I was stood down at that stage because I was concussed. Mm. And the Saturday night, I went out and had a few drinks with his friends, and uh, there was somebody that didn't like the look at me or something, and ended up beating the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, God. That was a ter- it was a terrible week. This is all in seven days. Is it any wonder you weren't yeah. thinking clearly? Yeah, correct. So I got myself in trouble again, and um, I suppose that was the the turning point. Yeah, the turning point in my life. I think you got eight months on the second occasion. You had to go and get a job this time. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I probably had yeah a lot of, a lot of downtime, I suppose. And uh, lucky enough, I uh, I met Scott Cameron along the lines, and. Um, mm. Ended up getting a job for his father, Russell. Mm. Well, isn't this the best thing that ever happened to you? Your weight got to 71 kilos by the time you were resumed track work. Uh, you started to work for Russell Cameron at Flemington and uh, certainly one of the best things you've ever done because he turned out to be not only a great supporter but a great mentor and what a great mate he was for you. He was, yeah. very, very. We're very good uh, family friends and... Uh, he uh, he gave he gave me a go when when I needed one and uh, really enjoyed the time working for him and um and for his son Scott who now trains he uh, he was writing work at, at that time and Judy his wife was um, was helping out as well so it was a good family business and um, I suppose um, writing work for Russell they they eventually said why don't you try and get your weight down and come back and yeah I was I was really heavy at that stage but. I thought, what the hell, I'll give it another go. And, um, yeah, I suppose I've been riding 10 years since then. Mm. Russell Cameron's premature death recently saddened all those who'd had the good fortune to know him. Great man. Oh, one of the best men you'll ever meet and um, great trainer and a better person. And, yeah, he'll be sadly, sadly forever missed. Um, had some, some amazing times with him and, yeah, can't believe he's gone so soon. 
Mm. Jamie, you mentioned Scott Cameron. I think Scott actually managed you for a while too, didn't he? Yeah, I'm, I'm really good friends with Scott and uh, he managed me for, might have been 12, 12 18 months, I think, and um, mm. had a really good run together. And um, yeah, he's now he's now taken over taken over training in, in, in his own right and things are going really well and I've ridden a few winners for him too, which is, which is even better. Mm. During your time with Russell Cameron, you were swept off your feet by a member of his staff a petite little lady with a lilting Irish accent by the name of Carol Ann, who was now your wife and the mother of your little boy, Henry. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, John. Um, she, Carol Ann moved over on a, on a 12-month visa and uh, she first started out in, in Sydney and made her way down to Melbourne. I think she did a week or two with Hayes and... Didn't really, uh, didn't really kick it off there. So she, she applied to work for Russell, and um, that's yeah, that's where, where we met, and mm. we hit it off um, immediately. We um, yeah, we hit it off as soon as we, as soon as we met. When you decided to get married, you didn't stay in Melbourne. You went all the way back to Ireland, uh, the place of Caroline's birth, to an historic little village called Adair in County Limerick. That village was founded in the 13th century. Yeah, there's a lot of history, a beautiful little town. Um, it, was, it was, yeah, it was an amazing day. And uh, Russell actually, uh, Russell and his family come over as well. So I had a good, mm. good bunch of friends and family come over and it was a very special day. Mm. Let's talk about Jamie Mott, the jumps jockey. Your grandfather's genes obviously came to the fore here. All of a sudden, you wanted to ride over the jumps. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it might have uh, might have sort of got me sparked up to do it going back to Ireland. And um, Carol Ann's father, John John Brazel, he's a he's a jumps trainer in Ireland, and uh, I'd ride a little bit of work for him. Schooling his horses and uh, and and a few years there running, we'd we'd all go down to a cross country course and and it was great fun. We'd spend about an hour on ponies and going all all over different sorts of jumps and um, yeah, I suppose that's probably how it got me sparked up to do it. And I thought, mm. why not give it a go when I got back? Mm. Well, three and a half years ago, you were thrilled to bitch to win a maiden hurdle at Warrnambool on a horse called Livery. I think he was a grey. He was trained by Robert Smurden, and you won another one on him later at Ballarat. Yeah, he was a very special horse, which uh, unfortunately he had a bleeding problem, who which stopped his career. But uh, yeah, he's, he's well, my first win and his first win over the jumps was at Warrnambool Carnival, the the maiden hurdle. Could have been the first day, which is a it's a really good guide going forward for the season. Um, Normally, the winner of that is a pretty handy horse, and mm. yeah, he won that really well, and it was it was such a, a great moment in my career for sure. You rode an imported horse called Archfire many times for Robert Smurton. You won a couple of races on him, including, and this was one of the highlights of your life, the Australian Hurdle at the Lakeside Track, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and uh, it was a very special win. And we actually, uh, there was one of Darren Weir's. Called Ginger Boy, I think. Uh, he's a really, really talented jumper, and he was a very sure favorite, very sure favorite in the race. And mm. 
I remember getting, as we were coming down to the last, Johnny Allen looked over at me and said, Moddy, don't jump, don't jump the last. And I was a little bit confused. I'm like, why, why wouldn't we jump in the last? But the, the wing was actually on the ground. Mm-hmm. So Johnny, obviously, he's more experienced over the jumps than me. So he, he obviously thought something was wrong with the jump or there could have been a loose uh, a, a horse on the other side. So, um, That you couldn't see. When it, yeah, so he said, don't jump it. And then I thought, well, if he's not going to jump it, he's on the favourite, well, I shouldn't jump it either. So I, I, I come out with him and we missed the jump. And there was a bit of controversy after the race, actually, because we didn't, we all didn't jump it. But um, mm. luckily enough, we all didn't. So they were able to... Um, the result stood. Not, yeah, the result stood. But I think if one of, one of the runners had, had have jumped it, I think he would have declared the winner. So mm. it worked out well. Certainly did. You rode the same horse in a Grand National later. He finished last, a field of seven, but it's something to dine out on. You've been around in a Victorian Grand National. Yes, yes, yeah, wonderful, wonderful race. And um, the Grand Annual is probably a better one. Um, I, I felt, I felt to ride in um, mm. around Warnable. I had uh, had a really good ride on a horse called Saddle the Stars. Mm-hmm. He, I ended up pulling him up after the second, with two to go, I pulled him up because he ended up doing a tendon, but mm. gave me such a beautiful ride throughout the race, and it was it was a really, really uh, thrilling, thrilling race to ride in. Mm. You didn't renew your jumps licence this year, so that part of your career is all over. Yeah, for now, anyway, I've, uh, I, was, I was riding, I suppose, just for Robert Smurden while I was, while I was Riding over the jumps, and mm. um, he's not training anymore. So uh, my sort of rides dried up a lot. Mm. And with with being such a, a busy flat jockey, um, I found it hard to sort of make the time to be able to go and do the do the track work mm. and the schooling that you need to to get those rides. So um, so yeah, I thought I'll, I'll put it on hold for now. Mm. You rode another imported horse called Winchester trained by John Sadler in his last four starts before retirement and all of those starts were at Group 1 level. The Turnbull Stakes, the Caulfield Cup, the McKinnon and the Melbourne Cup of 2012 won by Green Moon. Now, Jamie, you tell me that the euphoria of the day, the atmosphere of the day is something you'll never forget just to have been a part of it. Yeah, correct. And... Um and and even the the going going to lunch with the owners uh, out at out at um, Rosemont Stud Farm was 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 a great experience because they were all so excited and mm. was able to do the the parade the day before in the city, which is which is quite exciting and um, yeah I suppose the the crowd on Melbourne Cup Day is just unbelievable. You haven't been able to win a Group One yet. But that's just around the corner. You've won about seven listed races. You've won a couple of Group 3s. You've won a Group 2. And that was the Alistair Clark Stakes on <coughs> Cliff's Edge. I think you led in that race. Yeah, he was. Uh, he looked to be a very good chance. And I think Johnny Allen was suspended uh, for that week. So I was able to pick up the ride. And very, very good horse. And um, I think I rode at sale that day, actually. So I had a really busy day. And that was the night meeting. And, um, yeah, Darren just said, go to the front and this should be too good for him. And, and as he was, and 
He uh, he also hasn't won a group one, but um, he's, he's probably good enough to definitely, when, when everything goes right, he's probably in a group one race. Mm. Borghurst was a good horse for you a few years ago. You won the Kunji handicap on him. You ran second in the Moody Valley Cup, second in a Bart Cummings, and second in a Naturalism. So it could have been so much better had he been able to win one of those races. Yeah, if only stuck his head out a bit further. Yeah. But no, very very good on a horse, horse for um, Bill Wilde, and um, lucky enough to, yeah, to win on Corfu Cup down in, which is a special, very special day for me and Bill. And um, my father actually um, rode, might have been Bill's first winner ah. as a trainer. So, yep. yeah, it was quite special. Hummer Hummer's a nice mare. You've been riding for John McArdle. You've won four races on Hummer Hummer, including the listed Alingi Stakes at Caulfield. I believe she's in the paddock uh, currently. Yeah, she's definitely one of my favourites. Um, I've really, I've had a lot to do with her from, from basically day one. and I remember the first time I jumped her out, she she gave me a really good feel and... Um, I thought she'd, she, she'd just go to the races and win and we took her to Adelaide her first start and she, albeit all, all she ran second but um, it was a really good run in a listed race and yeah, she's really really sort of starting to build on her career and getting a good um, getting good, good few wins on her CV. You're riding uh, a very nice horse called Can't Be Done uh, before the accident. You won a race on him at Sale and another one at Lakeside, and then he ran a cracking second uh, over the Flemington Carnival. Um, obviously, you're going to uh, miss him for the next month or six weeks. In fact, he was placed at Flemington on Saturday, uh, ran third uh, down the straight behind Alberg. What did you think of that run? Yeah, I thought it was a very tough run. He's um, He's a really nice horse, very honest, and I think he's had probably six or seven starts now, and he's been out of the first three once, so that just shows you how honest he is. And um, the run on Saturday was a really good run. He, he per- well, I personally thought when he come under pressure that he looked to be gone and struggling, but um, mm. he really fought hard. And he's only beaten ahead and third, so I think it was a good run. And I'm not a hundred percent sure if they're still going to the Magic Millions with him, but um, I'm sure they will with the prize money uh, on offer. And yeah, hopefully you can get a good result for them up there. Mm, all right, mate. And when you get back to work, you've got to uh, see if you can renew your association with Can't Be Done, who's by all too hard, I might add. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I can. And uh, obviously, obviously, uh, you, you'd hope to uh, once I'm back that I'd hope to get get the um, get the similar rides that I had before before my accident. Because mm. yeah, things are going things are going super. You formed a terrific association with John McArdle who trains his horses at Mornington, so you can walk to work. Yeah, I've been riding for John for about three or four years now and um, ended up moving down to Mornington to do to do more work for him. And I ride track work on a Tuesday, um, ride anywhere from five to ten horses uh, on a Tuesday morning, and then we've got trials on a Wednesday. So um, great spot to live. And, yeah, really good that we've, um, we've, we've got a good, good, strong relationship and, Things seem to be going, or seem to be going really well, but between um, between the two of us, these horses are racing really well. So can't wait to get back and uh, and you get get a few winners on the board for him. 
I saw a very funny little video posted on Twitter recently in which you featured. You're in your wheelchair and you're actually pushing a little lightweight mower around the back lawn. Carol Ann obviously produced and directed that one, did she? <laughs> yeah, well, she's um, she's 26 weeks pregnant at the moment, so I thought mm-hmm. uh, i better do my part, John, and it uh, took me about two hours to do 20, 24 metres of grass. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely... Uh, it definitely got a few likes on Twitter anyway, but mm-hmm. went through two batteries to try and cut all the grass and it was a little bit awkward in the wheelchair, but um, got the job done and, yeah, yeah, the grass was looking great. But it's good to see you trying, Jamie. That's the right spirit. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, uh, I suppose you don't you don't know how many things you can't do until you're actually in the wheelchair yourself, but, um, yeah, just trying to stay positive, I suppose, and... Um, do as much as I can. I was able to go to the the President's Cup uh, last week, which is a, I had a fantastic day. Mm-hmm. Now, you got pretty close to Tiger Woods. You were able to study the uh, world-famous style and technique. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't close enough to touch him, but, uh, yeah, he was, about, he was about seven metres away walking past, so no, it, was a, it was a great day and good to see the, the world's best golfer. Mm-hmm. Now, what sort of impact did he have on that very big gallery? Oh, huge! Everyone was, everyone was, uh, everyone was, I suppose, there to see him. And each shot he hit, they just basically run to try and get their next spot. And mm. it, it was amazing how much of a following he had there. And um, I suppose the only positive uh, I got out of the wheelchair was that I was able to get a good spot, good spot next to the green. There's a special section for wheelchairs, and you were straight in there. Yeah, so I, I got a really good spot, and um, yeah, it was just amazing. I was in awe of, of just watching him, and mm. I'd never been to the golf before um, before that day. So it was a it was a great experience, and to see not only Tiger, who, who I grew up um, idolising, but mm. all the other golfers there, how, how good they actually play was, was incredible. Mm. Well, you've released one little bit of exclusive news there a minute or two back. Henry's uh, going to have a little brother or sister in the near future, not too far off. Yeah, a little brother. So uh, he's actually due on my birthday, March 30th. So um, mm. going to be, yeah, it'll be a big week. And then Henry's birthday is uh, a week after that. So going to be birthdays all around. You won't be worrying about your crook legs. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I just, I suppose, uh, hopefully I'm more mobile so I can uh, lend a hand when the new baby comes. You're only 31 years of age, Jamie. You've got many good years ahead. I hope that elusive Group 1 isn't too far off. It was terrible timing, uh, the Cranbourne accident, because right at that moment, nobody in Victoria was riding any better than you were, and uh, that's the frustrating part of it. Yeah, it is, and I think I had uh, it could have been seven or eight city winners for the, for the last the last season. So I was up to that already for this season. So things were going really good, and I was getting on some nicer horses. And uh, yeah, I suppose that uh, that group one still still yet to come for me, but um, I'm very positive that, that it will. And uh, I'll, I'll I'll definitely work hard once I'm back and and get 
get my, get my fitness and get my eye back in and chase that group one. I'm really pleased we've been able to catch up on the podcast, James. The raps of, about your riding in the last year uh, have been very, very flattering from all sorts of good judges. Uh, lovely to have you on the podcast. Thanks for the time, and I hope you're back on deck very, very shortly. Good on you, John. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, look to chatting to you in the future. Our special guest was Jamie Mott, and this podcast was produced by Supernova Sound. This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Ingress.